0: podcast sponsorships. It seems like everybody wants one, but do you really? My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it. Oh, so appreciate it. If you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, you can find out how to do that at PodcastFastTrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Hey, welcome back to Podcastification. This is Kerry Green. I am the Client Happiness Guy at Podcast Fast Track. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about podcast sponsorships, and I want to tell you some of the things that nobody seems to be talking about out there when it comes to working with sponsorships, and of course, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list. There are all kinds of things you might run into when working with sponsors or trying to get sponsors, but the things that I'm going to point out are things I have noticed in working alongside the many clients that we do here at Podcast Fast Track, and they're things you need to keep in mind when you consider doing podcast sponsorships. Now, before we get into that, let me just say, if you haven't checked out the Podcast Fast Track website lately, man, you should go check it out. We've got a brand new website up with kind of a cool, playful theme. I'll leave that up to you to go find out what that means. You can go and see it and all the services we provide at podcastfasttrack.com. Let's get right into this. Podcast sponsorships, what nobody tells you. Well, the first thing I want to tell you when it comes to podcast sponsorships is that it is a lot of work. And I'm not saying that to dissuade you from getting sponsorships. Anything worthwhile is usually a lot of work. But you need to not go into it naively, thinking that once you have a sponsor, all your woes and ills for podcast financing are taken care of. That is simply not the case. You're going to have to engage in your relationship with that sponsor On a fairly deep level, and this is my recommendation, is that you work hard to keep up that relationship with your sponsor, just like you would work to keep up a relationship with a person in your life who you really, really care about, maybe your spouse or significant other. You need to understand that that person on the other end of the sponsor relationship, who would be your sponsor, needs to feel that they are more than just a paycheck to you. They are more than just a number or a source of revenue. The more you can make them feel that you really care about making them successful, the more they are going to be enthused and excited about the relationship with you and be willing to spend not only their initial amount of money for sponsorship of your podcast, but also an ongoing basis and maybe even growing that in some way that the two of you come up with in the future. So you've got to keep in mind, this is a relationship that requires ongoing maintenance. And it's not the kind of maintenance of just communicating facts. You need to get to the heart of that person. You need to find out exactly what they are shooting for in this sponsorship relationship so that you can then do your utmost to provide that. Now, of course, they are looking for a certain rate of return on their financial investment. But I believe most sponsors are looking for more than that if they are smart and if they're understanding the way that content marketing works in this day and age, they are looking to establish themselves as a household name to the very people that your podcast is broadcasting about. You see, good sponsors are going to be choosing shows that are targeting the market they want to reach. It's not just going to be a generic thing. They're going to be looking for specific shows in the niche that they serve. And so You want to help them become that household name. You want to help them become a respected partner in the podcastosphere, so to speak, of your niche. So keep that in mind. Many sponsors are going to appreciate you working at the relationship because the relationship really matters. And maybe one last thing I should say on this. When you think about the relationship with your sponsors, think in terms of what's in it for them. Keep that at the forefront of your mind because as easily and as quickly as you can answer that question and then begin fulfilling the answer to that question on their behalf, the more enthused and excited they are going to be about the relationship. Now, let me give you a few little smaller little bits of detail that I think go into keeping up a good relationship with the sponsor. The first is you need to be providing them feedback. So what forms of feedback am I talking about? Well, first of all, if you receive feedback from listeners about the actual sponsor spots or anything related to them, make sure your sponsor hears that. Copy them on an email, send that on to them, let them know in some way how your listeners are responding because that may be a huge data point for them in tweaking the messaging that they are using when they communicate to your audience. So keep them in the loop. Give them feedback about what you're hearing. Another thing you want to provide to them is data. You want to let them know how many downloads or listens your episodes that they are sponsoring are getting. And I would suggest you do this weekly after every episode. You let them know maybe two weeks later, episode 53, which published two weeks ago, has this many downloads so far. So that's this many people hearing your message and encourage them, remind them that this kind of marketing takes time. It usually takes seven to eight touches before someone responds to a marketing message. So maybe you can find web links that teach that sort of thing about marketing and pass those on to your sponsors to educate them, to let them know what to expect. You can probably find podcast specific marketing instructions that tell some of the rate of return and timelines and that kind of thing. So give them data. Give them the data from your show along with data about what they should be expecting from this. And then also, I would be asking them for information about the return on investment. What sort of return are they seeing? Are they getting people responding to their messages? Are they doing so in a way that can be tracked? If they're not, maybe you can educate them on that. Encourage them to use a smart link. Perhaps you could set up a pretty link through your website that you could then track and you could provide that data to them. And you could let them know this many people clicked through the link this last time, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? You need to be providing data about the usefulness of their sponsorship on your show to your actual listeners. So they are not just blindly flying through this thing called sponsorship. They are actually able to, to see from your side of the relationship, how things are going on your end. I think the more you can do this, the more you can be a partner with that sponsor in making their sponsorship successful, the more likely they are to be a long-term sponsor and an ongoing sponsor who maybe returns after a while if they go and try something else. You want to provide them that kind of data. Now, let's move on to another thing about sponsorships that nobody tells you. And this still has to do with the a lot of work part, but it's that there is an administrative burden to doing a good sponsorship program. You are going to have to work to fill slots when you have sponsors who step out for whatever reason. You are going to have to deal with sponsorship agreements that are going to have to be legally binding things. You are going to have to know the different types of sponsorship models and how you want yours set up. As you begin receiving income from your sponsorship, you're going to have to deal with the taxes involved. I mean, none of this, as I said, is to dissuade you from doing a sponsorship. But I believe it's better to go in with your eyes wide open so you can know exactly what it is that you're getting into before you actually jump into because a sponsorship relationship is a lot of work. Now, right after this short break, We're going to come back and I'm going to tell you the next thing that I think you need to know about podcast sponsorships that nobody ever really warns you about or tells you about. And it's one that I have fresh experience with dealing with a client just last week. I suspect that most of the people who listen to podcastification are people who have already started a podcast. They're people who have maybe blazed the trail on their own. They're pioneers of a sort who are DIY guys and gals who have figured it out on their own, or maybe they've listened to YouTube videos or things like that to learn how to podcast. That's really how I learned to podcast. I had a radio background, but that didn't really help me when it came to the internet side of things because radio back in the day when I was in it had nothing to do with the internet because the internet didn't exist. So, This learning curve that we get into when we begin a podcast can be pretty steep. And as I've worked with podcasters over the years now, I've seen that those who have adequate education about what a podcast is, how it works, and how to go about applying best practices are usually the ones who succeed. The ones who don't have that usually will pod fade. They'll quit publishing. Within six to eight weeks, they get discouraged. They get behind on their podcast production schedule. All kinds of things can happen. And I believe it mostly happens because they aren't well-educated. That is why I want to make you aware of the new course that Podcast Fast Track is coming out with. and It's called How to Podcast Step-by-Step. This is a DIY course that is aimed at the person who wants to podcast and wants to go in with their eyes open wants to know what they're doing from square one. This course is not just a course that shows you what to do. This course has actionable worksheets that you're able to download and complete step-by-step to put your podcast plans into action as you're going through the course so that by the time you finish the course, you should have a podcast completed, ready to go, ready for launch And you can be on your way to podcast success. You can find out more about the course at podcastfasttrack.com slash podcast course. And yeah, somebody's going to ask me about the price. So let me just tell you this. It's $99 for a 12 video course plus three bonus videos. This could easily sell for up to 500 bucks, but you need some skin in the game. So I didn't want to make this free. I wanted to make a way that you could invest in it because, hey, who wants to waste a hundred bucks? So 99 bucks, how to podcast step-by-step. You could be podcasting or someone you know could be podcasting within six weeks. It really is that simple. Okay, we're back and we're talking about the things nobody tells you about podcast sponsorships. Now, this one that I'm gonna explain to you right now is fresh off my front burner. This is something I've been dealing with with a client just recently. And here's the scenario. This client pays for our audio editing and production and our show notes. And we even create some artwork for them. And we're just about to start creating some audiogram motion graphics for promotion, all based on what the client was receiving from their sponsor. Okay. So it was a pretty generous sponsorship. It was pretty successful, but here's the deal. Not just one sponsor, but two sponsors pulled out. Just about at the same time. So everything this podcaster was spending to produce their show because they were outsourcing was suddenly a no go for them because the revenue that was sourcing the outsourcing is suddenly dried up. It's kind of like when you get a raise at work, your home budget kind of grows to fit that new level of income. Rather than using that money for savings or using that money for investments or whatever to make it work for you, we tend to start using it for things that we think we absolutely need, but we may not. And I'll be the first to tell you, not every podcaster needs to be investing in the services that my company provides. Not every podcaster can afford to because they need To have kind of a track record of success first or they need to have an established business first that can actually fuel the content marketing portion of what they're doing which podcasting is that then can be a tool that they use to establish authority and generate revenue in other ways you see sponsorships are great when you have them but once they vanish man that can be so painful so this client is trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do for now He's going ahead and paying for our services out of his pocket, which I hope he's able to continue doing, but he may not be able to. So you need to be careful when you get into a sponsorship relationship, primarily in terms of what you decide to do with that income. My suggestion is you invest it in things that you're not going to be in danger of losing should that sponsor pull out. So maybe. Upgrading equipment is a great way to do it. Maybe paying for minor expenses like your monthly hosting and that kind of thing. I mean, pay it all off for a year or something. You know, Take that sponsorship money and use it for things that really are going to move your podcast forward in the long term. Now, as a podcast grows and becomes very, very popular, it's getting tens of thousands of downloads per episode, this issue is really not as big a deal because you're going to have sponsors all the time coming wanting to sponsor your show. You see, you're going to have a little bit different of a scenario. But if you're a small-time podcaster and you get that first sponsor, be very careful. Don't become dependent on that sponsor in order for what you're doing to produce your podcast to continue going. You don't want those podcast expenses to grow to match your income. Because the minute a sponsor drops, you are going to be in a heap of trouble. Now, let me explain to you a little bit of why this might happen. Why might a sponsor withdraw from sponsoring your podcast all of a sudden? Well, one thing is they may not feel like they have a very good relationship with you. It's that previous point I was talking about in the section about podcasting sponsorships being a lot of work. You see, you may not have done the work needed to build an ongoing, lasting, loyal sort of a relationship with that sponsor. They would never say it that way. They would never say, we don't feel like we have a good relationship with you. But what they will say is things like, we have found a better use for our funds. We have determined a better ROI on this marketing investment. And you see what they're saying really is that we don't feel like there's anything special enough about what we have with you that we won't easily jump to another option because it seems more financially feasible. You see, loyalty works in a big way. And so we're really pounding on that same drum again about relationships. That relationship is huge. And so sponsors will pull out if they feel like there's not a connection, there's not a partnership and a loyalty there. So you need to be aware of that. But you also need to be aware of this. Many sponsors, especially when it comes to podcasting, don't know enough about the podcasting space to diligently track their ROI. So in other words, they haven't set up systems to help them track the stats, to ask you for the stats they need, to understand how to track whether people coming to them as new clients are actually coming as a result of their sponsorship of your show or not. This is all kinds of new. Now, good marketers should be tracking everything, absolutely. But again, because podcasting is so new, that doesn't always happen when it comes to sponsors of podcasts. And here's another piece of that puzzle. If they do track the ROI, they may determine that it's simply not what they were hoping for. I mean, podcast sponsorships, especially in smaller niches, is still a pretty unknown thing. It's a unicorn kind of, and nobody really knows how exciting and how profitable this is really going to be in specific target audiences. And so they're trying it out. And so your job, going back to that number two, is establishing a relationship with them that is cooperative, where you are helping them determine the ROI of their investment in your podcast. And you're actually helping them see that this is a long-term gain. And so you see, podcast sponsorships are a great thing when they're a great thing. (laughs) But when they're not a great thing, then you've got to be careful. Because you can get yourself in a bind and I don't want to see that happen to you. So those are some lessons learned right off the front burner of dealing with podcast sponsorships. And they are things I've never heard anybody talk about when it comes to getting sponsors for your show. And So I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear your experience about podcast sponsorships. If you see this post on social media, Feel free to comment right there in the social media thread and let me know your experience, what you've heard or experienced or seen about podcast sponsorships. But if you'd like to send me an email directly, you can do that by sending it to carrie, C-A-R-E-Y, at podcastfasttrack.com. And now you know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day.